0: Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero.
1: And this is Throttle On, the podcast about all things ATV, UTV, and off-road. So today on the episode, we figured we would do a little bit of introduction of who we are and what the show is about. And we thought we would talk a little bit about the 2018 models what's going on with the different manufacturers that have announced things so far and those that have teased some new machines coming out, talk a little bit about the adventure side and Casey's trek through Utah here recently, which looks like a ton of fun, if you ask me. And uh, and again, just kind of give you a little bit of information about us. So what do you say we jump right in? Let's do it. Uh, so I guess I'll intro first. Is that okay? That works. My name is Josh Arnold. I own the media outlet ATV Escape. Uh, shameless plug here atvescape.com and the mobile apps, ATV Escape mobile apps, and ATV and UTV Escape magazine. Casey, what do you do?
0: Oh, man. So I can't even decide. But, anyways, I'm the <laughs> editor for uh, UTV Sports magazine, um, and I'm the roaming editor for ATV Escape.
1: Maybe the, the place to start here would be to kind of give you our different stories of how we came in the off-road world and where we got started with that. Casey, you want to go first?
0: No problem. Um, I'm excited because I grew up in this industry, coming up riding ATVs since I was basically zero. Uh, and then <laughs> now we're, we're uh, still riding ATVs, motorcycles, all that good stuff. And now we've transferred into including the UTV world into our pedigree so it's been a great transition Uh, we've loved every moment of being able to just be off-road like most people in this industry Uh, we just love um, the experience and the adventure and the ride time and we've uh, been able to fortunately just turn it into a job to where we can tell people about the latest and greatest machines and that's what i really love doing with the different media outlets and uh, we've got atv escape obviously that we uh, enjoy riding for and then utv sports again Um, So all in all, I just love doing what we do.
1: Casey, let's start, though, like, tell me your story of how you got into doing this. You said you started at zero, which is fantastic. And since I've met your your mom, I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you grew up riding ATVs and where'd you ride? and, And, you know, what did you love the most about it and that sort of thing?
0: Oh, man. So my my story's pretty unique in the fact that uh, I don't know how I lucked out on this, but my dad was such, my mom and dad, for that matter, were such fans of the off-road world that they wanted to ingrain me into it literally from the day I was born. So my dad uh, went and literally knew I was okay. He was in, in the room with my mom. And then all of a sudden, uh, right after he knew I was fine, a couple hours later, after being born, he, he went to the Suzuki dealer and bought me a LT80.
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: And yeah. it's I, I'm so fortunate for it and, and literally that's what I grew up riding was that uh, 1989 LT80 from Suzuki and it's really cool because I still have it sitting in my garage 28 years later today. So, uh, you know, that's something that I want to do for uh, my kids growing up and stuff but uh, and that's literally, that's what got me started in the industry. And so I, I did that and had a couple different bikes from there, whether it being a Blaster or a Raptor. Uh, it f- feels like I went through a Yamaha phase, I guess. I still have a YFZ 450 <laughs> that I absolutely love. Um, it's an older version. It's an 06 and I, it's it's just an amazing quad. And uh, now I've got uh, motorcycles still and, and now we're into the UTV world. So uh, my favorite places growing up was definitely Glamis. Uh, we grew up in Southern California and I just love the sand and, and being able to not have any tracks in front of me and just be able to make our own lines and stuff. Uh, but it's been really neat because going on these different press intros and, and uh, being lucky enough to be able to travel, you know, to these different areas and stuff from East Coast, to West Coast, to Canada, um, all these different places. I've really become a fan of trail riding. So I know that uh, Josh can uh, um, totally enjoy what what trail riding has to offer as well. And, I'm just a fan of pretty much all styles of writing, but I always go back to the sand, that's for sure. But um, at the end of the day, I love it all. Don't
1: forget your scooter. You have a scooter,
0: too. I do have a scooter, yes. I know. <laughs> that thing is pretty darn awesome on the street, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> No, I love it. It's a great way to get 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. a so we really big hour. scooter. Then yeah, yeah. No. no, This one only gets a. Uh, it gets about 100 miles to the gallon. Uh, fortunately, nice, so, nice. Yeah, filling it up once every couple months is always a nice thing. So, and it only costs about three dollars. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> a little different than the truck, you know. So. Well,
1: so I'll I'll give everyone a, a brief overview of how I jumped off into the off-road world. And like Casey, I literally was born into it. I have a picture on my fridge of, of both my parents on the top of Engineer Pass outside of Uray, Colorado with me as a baby. I think I was all of about three months old on, at Snowpole, for those of you who know where that is. And I'm, I'm in this picture and I see it all the time and it makes me laugh. I grew up doing the outdoor thing, not specifically power sports, but the Jeep, jeeping. We went jeeping every summer, go to Colorado, explore all those trails up there, grew up doing that. And in sometime in high school, I begged my dad to get me an ATV, no dice on that. So when I was in my mid-20s, I had um, I had a weekend where I went and rode an ATV. Out on a deer lease, and I came home. and The very next week, I bought a uh, Polaris Sportsman. This was a 2005 model, 800. They had just come out with the 800 motor. And when I went and bought one, my thought was, why not get an 800? Because that was the biggest one at the time. And from that moment on, I, I just became really passionate about going out and riding as much as I could. And from there, this whole thing just grew. Like the whole business of starting atvescape.com, the mobile apps and all that stuff came strictly out of the fact that I loved the adventure side of this sport and I wanted as many people to experience it as possible and to love it as much as I do and, you know, met Casey through the experience of being an editor and since then we've had quite a few adventures actually. Some awesome times, <laughs> some yeah. crazy crazy stuff um but we've definitely had a good time and so that's really kind of where i come from and my wife and i both do the off-road thing now we don't have any kids but we try to take along family members as much as possible and try to get as many of our friends into it unsuccessfully might have had overall <laughs> um though we have um you know, some friends that go with us every summer to Colorado and go riding up there because we're still doing that after all these years. So that's really kind of where my background comes from. And one thing that Casey and I have talked about a lot, you know, whether it be sand or desert or uh, trails all over the United States, we're really blessed to do what we do, get to ride where we have the opportunity to ride. Um, Absolutely. You know, for me, it's all about the adventure. I love the speed thing at times, but for me, it's about setting foot in places that few people ever get to see or ever get to set foot. I think that's just phenomenal. Uh, Some of the forests, some of the mines in Colorado, you get to see the views you get to see in the off-road world are like, I'd rather do that than, than pretty much anything I can think of. And that's what I really, really enjoy. Um, so anyway, that's my that's my spiel. Um,
0: I love it. Yeah. And we've obviously turned this passion into a, a, a job and make money at it. And that's always a good thing. And then now we've turned that uh, passion into a podcast called Throttle On, which is even cooler. That's right. And that's a great
1: name, may I add. Put a lot of thought into that. Right. Um, so, you know, with the podcast, what we want to do is we want to share a lot about our adventures, share a lot about what's going on in the industry, be it news and new models, places to go ride, the details of the places to go ride so that you guys out there can have the same experiences and adventures and fun that we do. And, and just, you know, we want the opportunity to share that stuff. So, um, anyway, that's where we're coming from and our backgrounds. And I thought today, probably, Casey, the place to start would be to jump into what's going on in the 2018 models. Almost all the manufacturers have come out with their 2018 models now, at least some of their models. And we've noticed that a couple have held some back going into September, October, which we'll talk about that. But we thought we would jump into going through some of these models and changes and new stuff and and start there
0: absolutely it's been a very interesting year and it seems like every year now in the atv and utv market there are manufacturers who either want to to hold back or see what the other guys are doing or they it's almost like this little game of cat and mouse that's kind of fun to watch i'm not gonna lie um so you know yamaha did it this year with their release uh, late release of their x4 um, new wolverine x4 that is Uh, so that has been really neat to to see them kind of bring this in to the market uh same thing with can am they've got a new maverick coming out and stuff so let's uh let's rewind a little bit and go back Uh, i think one of the most interesting highlights of 2017 uh, that's going to bring in some new blood into 2018 has been this Textron takeover of Arctic Cat.
1: I like that Textron takeover.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, and it truly has been because it's uh, you know they've done a great job at being able to bring in the brand from Arctic Cat, but also keep those namestays like the Wildcat and uh, their Prowler lineup. Now, granted, they they cut back the Prowler lineup significantly. They really only have a 500 now, but They've kept, uh, they've kept that kind of DNA of the Articat line, molded it into the Textron lineup. And for all the snowmobile fans out there and stuff, they actually kept the Articat name, which was really cool to see when we were at Haydays last weekend. So a lot of good stuff happening. Um, so people can expect great things, I think, from Textron moving forward, too. Not only does their 2018 lineup still have those models that we mentioned, but it's going to have uh, some rumored different models coming out, I'm sure as 2018 progresses. So that gets me excited to have somebody kind of some new life bred into this lineup.
1: Yeah. And Textron, what's interesting about Textron is they own so much stuff in multiple (laughs) industries. So they're a huge company. You're talking about, you know, everything from the, the little, you know, vehicles that push back planes from the gates all the way to, planes they make airplanes
0: right they
1: make and not just passenger airplanes but fighter jets they make a ton of different things and then they can jump into an industry like this with the clout for lack of a better word but more importantly with the resources to push the industry forward and though we see Different companies sometimes try to jump into the UTV market or the ATV market, some successfully, some unsuccessfully. Uh, A company like Textron can bring a lot of R&D to push the envelope um, that much further in the industry and actually become an industry leader. So it's been really interesting to see that, as you called it, the Textron takeover of (laughs) Articat. I like that a lot. I'm going to use that all this week. There you Uh, go. uh,
0: (laughs) It's our new hashtag.
1: That's right. Um, and the, and and like Casey said, they've they've kept the Wildcat lineup. They've kept the uh, some of the ATVs from Articat. Uh, they have brought in, of course, their their own Stampede. And uh, besides just the rumors, we've we know for certain that they're bringing out the Wildcat XX right later on in 2018, sometime in the spring, which is angled directly into the Pure sport, like extreme pure sport, um, you know, area of the market. And it's pretty, pretty awesome looking. Pretty excited about that particular Wildcat.
0: I completely agree. It's going to be fun to see where they take it for sure. If they make any changes, like the, for example, the Wildcat itself doesn't really have any change. Wildcat X and Wildcat yeah. 4X doesn't have any significant changes this year except the new branding and, and a couple of new color schemes. But uh, I really think they, they, condensed their line but made it uh, brought in the best of what they had and now they can really work on expanding it. So like you said, people would probably say, okay, well, you know, the Wildcat and, and the, that that kind of sport UTV and, and utility UTV segments of the Textron bi- business might be small potatoes compared to Cessna and EasyGo and all these big companies that uh, that company has in general, but at the same time, they have showed us uh, time and time again that they're going to Put a lot of money into this, and really uh, do their due diligence and make these lineups and these UTVs and ATVs the best that they can possibly be. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's exciting.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, let's move to Can-Am.
0: Oh boy, you ready?
1: You ready to go to Can-Am? We're going to uh, need, of course, we're going to need a lot of breath for all the models and machines that Can-Am yeah, brings, right? And all the different like <laughs> trim levels makes my head spin, oh, but they have a lot of depth to their product lines. Uh, do you want to you wanna take a stab at it first?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, basically, Canham has kept a lot of their 2018 model lineup uh, relatively the same. Now, the X3 has a bump in power. It's got 172 horsepower now instead of 154, and that really. King of the just, middle there? Yep, exactly. I mean, the Razor's got 168, so now they're, now they're back on top for the 2018 model year. So that's, uh, that's the biggest news. A couple little refinements here and there um, for to be able to introduce that power bump. But it's actually interesting because 2017 model year X3s can actually have that new power bump. So that was pretty cool. Um, in addition to uh, the X3 turbo lineup getting more power, they actually introduced a base model turbo for the X3 that has, if I'm not mistaken, 120 horsepower.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And yeah, so it released and it's uh, comes out with a nineteen nine ninety nine price tag. So that's a pretty cool price point with still a lot of capability um, in there. So I'm pretty excited about that one. I can't wait to drive it. Yeah. How about you.
1: No, I'm I'm with you, and it's it's interesting. You know, some people are for the horsepower wars. I, 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 frankly, <laughs> yeah. if you look at American history, car history, great things have come out of the horsepower wars there, and Let's face it. I, I was gonna say you can never have too much power in a side by side. That's absolutely not true. But for at least for the masses, however, we're in huge horsepower numbers, and what that translates into in some of what we've, you know, driven, is a whole lot of fun. You know, it translates hmm. into a whole lot of fun. Even if you're not a speed demon, now, everyone, I would say, likes having a flat, level, straight area where they can open up their side-by-side. And uh, those things will run definitely into the mid-80s, even though for the majority of the time that's probably not very smart to do. But, hey, we like fun. We like fun.
0: Exactly. It's all part of the good stuff.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. We probably should touch on this new Maverick coming out on September 20th. k has leaked a couple of different – not leaked – bad word on that it has not been leaked they have released a couple of of teaser videos on a new maverick and it looks from the photos it definitely is some kind of a two seat it looks very um i was gonna say very utilitarian i i don't we haven't seen enough to see that what i meant was it has kind of a a pickup bed look to the back of it it doesn't really look like the the maverick not the x3 but the maverick itself it looks more like kind of a commander maverick mix from these photos
0: i'm interested to see what they do with that so and and mainly because the commander has been this rec utility vehicle right and so if they if they put the the maverick in there but it's still got more power how are all these going to slot together, and how are they going to do this? So it, yeah. it's it's fascinating to me how they're going to make it happen because the Razer lineup is so diverse, right? And we use the Razer lineup not not to, to hype Polaris or anything, but they they have the most diverse lineup as far as models and everything um, in the UTV industry. So, you know, is KM kind of not duplicating that, but are they using that as a model to where the, you know the Maverick is now going to slot? in between the X-3 and the and the commander, or are they gonna keep the commander and update it to where it's gonna have even more capability than it already does? I don't know, it's gonna be interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, just to see them continue to build out into these different segments. And Can-Am pulls no punches that they wanna, you know, they want to be the big man on the hill, just like Polaris does. And they go right. back and forth all the time. Polaris comes out with uh, the general, And shoots that, you know, giant shell across the commander bow. And (laughs) I mean, shamelessly, that's the funniest part to me. It's just the name. I mean, that was a shameless just shot at him. And and they dominate that segment already. Yep. You know, they outsell the commander with the general. And there's some reasons for that, even though the commander is a great vehicle for what it's designed to do. So uh, where is this new Maverick gonna fit into the lineup? I guess we'll have to wait and see September 20th and hopefully in the near future, we'll get to drive this thing, see what it's about and
0: get to drive it. Absolutely. The trend has been, and, and actually the teasers, the first two teasers show this more adventure style with the Maverick. And it's very reminiscent of this new Wolverine X4 that Yamaha, has uh, come out with so yeah. Is there anything that was, else on the Can Am? No. Need to talk that, about? I, I was going to totally
1: commend you for that segue right into Yamaha. Yeah. That was brilliant.
0: Thank you so much. They're uh, <laughs> they're on my mind. I'm excited for the Yamaha. Yeah,
1: me too. We we've seen this thing released. I had the opportunity to see it before it was released, and I was more or less impressed then. And I'm anxious to get the opportunity to drive it. Because to me, it's an exciting vehicle. You know, we get to drive so many different vehicles, be it ATVs or UTVs. When I think about like what would be my, if I could only have one side by side and spend my hard-earned money on it, what would it be? I'm always asking myself that. And like for my use, I need something that's recreational and utility. More recreational than utility, if I'm honest, but I've... Have use of hauling firewood and towing things, and and using a utility vehicle. And a razor just is not going to fit that bill, but a razor does fit uh, strictly a recreational sports side of things, and the ride on that is is good for what it is. So I, I saw the X4, and I was like, what's cool about that particular vehicle um, is the fact that those seats in the back, though they're comfortable and designed for adults to be out on the trail all day long, like there's a, there's Yamaha made it very clear, there's a huge push for comfort first, but they also slide forward and allow you space for the utility. So my question was immediately, with the extra power and the comfortable ride and the fact that when I need to carry four people, I can do that, but I have the utility aspect of it all the rest of the time, this may very well be for me the best side-by-side for what I would use it for. And I'm anxious to see if that's the case because when they show you a vehicle, it's one thing. When you get to drive one and then spend several months being able to drive one with a loaner unit, you come to different conclusions. And I'm really anxious to see if the X4 is everything that I think it very well may be.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I love the perspective on there that you just brought up. I mean, it's definitely... I'm excited for that multi-use facet of this car, and and just as you said, looking at the stats and then also being able to see one in person, um, it really looks like it's going to live up to that pedigree.
1: Yeah, and it's a Yamaha, you know. So right. so, it's it's definitely going to be reliable and well. I think the thing that always strikes me about. Yamaha and visiting with those guys is that they do so much testing of their vehicles. Their development cycle is usually about three years per vehicle. So they plan out ahead and they take their time and try to get it right. And it has to meet quality standards and all these things. So by the time that it hits the market, it should be very, very well put together and going to perform its task extremely well. And I'm anxious to see if that's the case on this particular machine.
0: Absolutely, me too. I'm excited, Um, along with their Wolverine stuff. Anything else on the Wolverine that you think should be worth mentioning? Well, just, it's got a bigger engine. It's, you know, this is the first
1: uh, side-by-side of theirs that has a twin in it. It's a parallel twin as opposed to Mm -hmm. like a V-twin. And it's certainly not the three cylinder from the YXE. But the thing that struck me about this engine, not only does it have 800 class power, but it is so quiet. The concept for them was you want to be able to carry on a conversation without straining your voice in the side-by-side because it's about people. If you have a four seat, you're buying that because you need to carry people. And when they started that engine, it's the quietest side-by-side I've ever you know stood next to. Or seen in person. It's mm. staggeringly quiet. Um, however, you know, and they and they show you the stats of it's so quiet even at different RPM levels. But again, can't wait to see it in person and drive it. Actually have the opportunity to drive it and see if that's the case. But a new engine, everybody wanted a twin. And it should greatly reduce vibration. And it should, um, you know, obviously have more power, more torque to move this kind of weight and people around so again I'm not to just keep saying it over and over but I'm excited about the vehicle
0: yep exactly and and one last thing too is that the, the wheelbase is more reminiscent of like a Terex 4 or something shorter like that so it actually I think the handling of it is going to be phenomenal in the woods too um, which I'm really yeah. excited for so it's it's going to be definitely interesting to see if this complete package really does uh, come together and and produce a great adventure off-road vehicle. Which is
1: right up right up our alley with the whole adventure thing. Did you oh, see yeah. that Segway? That was a good Segway too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell we laugh at, at ourselves quite a bit. Me more than Casey over there. I, <laughs> I know that's the truth. It's always um, fun. Besides the X4, Yamaha has also released for 2018 the Kodiak 450, which is a mid-size ATV. So that's another new vehicle for 2018 out of Yamaha. And it's exciting to see them continuing to fill in their ATV line as opposed to just going all in on UTVs, assuming that's what everybody wants. There's still plenty of us that love a good ATV. And that, you know, that Kodiak, I've I've ridden that vehicle for its size. It's got plenty of power. It's fun to ride. It's good to kind of flick it around on the trails where we rode to test that particular ATV. If I'd have had a full size that day, I would have uh, said some things I wouldn't have been proud of. For all the rocks I would have hit on the side of the trails, and being able to squeeze through places that a full size, you know, ATV would struggle. That's an interesting ATV, and I I liked liked being able to ride that one. I think it'll fill in a niche for a lot of people. And I think that's all from Yamaha
0: for this year. <laughs> I think so. They uh, just to just to make sure we. Get it all out there. Their 2018 YXE is pretty much the same. Some great new colors yeah. on that car. Striking, literally. Uh, so I'm excited for that, and other than that, I think they're pretty much uh, pretty much the same as far as the ATV yeah. stuff. Their 450 is still in there. Their Raptor's still in there. So everything's uh, pretty much status quo with that. Yeah. So, all great machines. Which one's next? Which one do you want to do next? <laughs> Let's do Can-Am. What do you think? Oh, just kidding, we already did K Yeah,
1: <laughs> we already did K-M.
0: Now Let's uh let's do the Polaris, the XP Turbo with dynamics. That's a huge model for this year.
1: Yeah, it really is. That was their you know, every year Polaris comes out with something that has a wow factor. That right. I mean, they're used to doing that, some form of technology or new car or new something. And this year, despite the fact everybody thought it was gonna be a brand new car. They came out with uh, dynamics, active suspension, and that's the wow factor.
0: Right. And so I shouldn't have built it up into this huge factor uh, right at the beginning of this because it's not incredible, but at the same time, it does release an all-new technology into this market that hasn't been there before. And that's, yeah. I think, the main focus point of this is that it really – it, it works well. Um, it's got, it definitely has its own quirks and everything, but at the same time, it's really neat to see how you can flick a switch and have fun, you know, with different ride modes and stuff. Feel the suspension actually work differently while you're in the car. You don't have to get out and adjust clickers and stuff. Um, that's the beauty of it. If you want to see what Casey looks like,
1: you can check out the ATV Escape YouTube channel. And see our video review we did of that. And for the record, Casey nailed it. But anyway, moving on. Um, Thank you. Shameless plug.
0: On no, the, I appreciate it, it
1: was YouTube. But we had a good time being able to test yeah. that car, and you've had even more time in it. I enjoyed. Yes. I enjoyed getting it to buck at about sixty-five miles an hour, and some whoops scared <laughs> the pee water out of me. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm I'm from Texas. I can say things like that. You're right. And, <laughs> um. I thought it was really, it was pretty cool to be able to flick that switch and change the suspension setup just on the fly. Right. And even though that I'm not a speed guy and I don't ride the desert all that often, but uh, to be able to change those modes and then to see it go into a corner and and firm up, increase the dampening on the outside wheels, the shocks, mm-hmm. that was phenomenally cool to see.
0: Yeah. And, and we you, could actually see it. You, know, the you could feel
1: it. Right. For those of you who, who are trail people, that won't probably mean much. But at high speeds, when you go into a corner, having those shocks, you know, increase their dampening or firm up for you, it makes a corner tighter than you could do otherwise. It keeps right. the body from rolling. And it, and it builds up your confidence too, which may be a little scary, but, what you know,
0: we'll let that go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It's interesting because you know usually, as we were saying, this this system works with the compression dampening of the shock itself. So, you know, they've you've got three different modes. You got your comfort, you got your sport, you got your firm, and you can toggle through all the three different modes with a simple switch on the dash itself. Um, so it's been really fun to see where each mode works well. Now, granted, we didn't see a big difference between sport and comfort. Comfort, yeah, yeah, because it just it, comfort. I think. Based on based off the fact that I've done a lot more testing uh, with these different with these shocks now uh, from the time that we wrote it, it's really it's all in obviously I mean it's all in the shock spring rates uh, or the spring rates on the shock excuse me from there so I've always had a little bit of a not an issue but I've always had a little bit of a gripe with how Polaris sets their spring rates uh, really firm so that people can they don't uh, they feel it when it when it's having when you overdrive the car, it uh, it gives you a reaction out of it so that you slow down. Whereas uh, if you just sprung it correctly, like the, for example, not to calm out, but the X3 from Can-Am, um, they have great spring rates on their cars and it allows you to tune tune the vehicle to your own driving style and stuff. Whereas the Polaris is more, this dynamics car or the XP Turbo Regular Edition um, is is more like you can't just tune it to what you want in your individual car. So it's it's an interesting um, you know way to go about things. Now, granted, since we drove it, I've actually I've lowered the preload in the car. so the, the whole car sits um, about an inch, inch and a half lower. And it's got a cage on it now. It's got seats, so it's got some extra weight in it itself. And I will say that after we took it up to the Idaho Dunes for the UTV invasion a couple weeks ago. Uh, the dynamic suspension really works so well up there. Uh, mainly for the fact that, not if you're, it doesn't exactly work as well as the X3 when you're going through whoops uh, because it doesn't have that dual rate setup with the crossovers and everything like an XDS or an XRS X3 model have on them. But when you're going up to, say, a big G out or you're going to go climb a big hill and you've got your car in sport mode, which for us, sport mode just found the best happy medium between all the three it really was models. yeah right yeah and you that was awesome how you we kind of got to play with that in the dirt too out here uh when we went up to the dunes it was really neat how i could flick it from sport mode to firm and literally going up these huge g outs they going into the g out so i go up this hill i could attack it so much faster because the car wouldn't bottom out in firm mode and because it would increase the compression all the way to 10, which on this on this dynamics car it goes from zero to 10 instead of clicking zero from 20 zero to 22 on a regular Fox um, shock. So really cool how I could I could literally like just make sure that we were gonna hit this G outright and be able to attack these bowls faster than ever um, just because of the flick of the switch. So that was probably my ultimate takeaway from riding in that kind of environment. And something that I really appreciated about this new suspension is when you're going fast in the sand, you can really adjust it to what you want it to do. Pretty cool. I've
1: got to say that this is the perfect opportunity that if you want to watch a full review of this, (laughs) check out the YouTube channel. Both of us, both in uh, ATV and UTV Escape Magazine and in UTV Sports, what month was that? That was September issue, right?
0: That was our, actually our August issue. August uh, that issue. Came
1: out. That's yep. right. That's right. Time flies when we're having fun. Right. Um, you can read a full review of that car if you want more details. I have one question, Casey. One yeah. question. Can you tell everyone what a G-out is?
0: <laughs> I'm serious. Like, no problem. I okay. recently
1: had to ask someone.
0: No, that's fine. So A G-out is really a harsh transition between a flat – doesn't have to be flat area, but – it's from two different uh, pitches in the desert or dunes themselves so say you got a uh, a steep grade that you, you're coming up to and you're on a flat area well if that steep grade or that steep hill is, is uh, really sharp that transition is sharp at the bottom then that's kind of what we call a, a g out um, in and of itself where you know you, you can't you can't hit it very hard because it'll bottom out the car really hard or um, it just works the car really hard so uh when you set this card to firm, obviously it takes it away uh takes that that transition um effect away to where it makes it smoother yeah does that make sense
1: that I think that makes sense <laughs>
0: okay cool nice I' try it yeah good job <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> so um, yeah, that's the magic of dynamics, i think in yeah. a nutshell
1: so. it, it is it's really interesting to take a technology like that and apply it to a side by side
0: right. And one one more thing about that suspension, too, is because I, like everybody else, want to improve stuff. So we were talking to the Fox guys that were at UTV Invasion, and it was really interesting to me. Now, you can take this with a grain of salt um, if you end up buying a dynamics car, but you actually can't change the spring rates. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't change the spring rates on a dynamics car. And the reason for that is because the central brain that they have, uh, the control module, that controls the suspension uh, compression adjustments and everything is literally tuned to handle these specific spring rates and everything on the stock dynamics car it all makes sense right but the problem is, is when you when you change the spring rates and stuff it'll change the the way that the the suspension reacts to different whether it's a G out whether it's a jump anything like that so The Fox uh, tech on hand, he's an incredibly smart person. Um, He does all of these. Yeah, I mean, as he should be, right? Yeah. So, um, Scott, he's a great guy and and definitely uh, somebody that actually tunes these shocks uh, from the factory. They've been working on this with Polaris for six years, and he said they gave them over 60 combinations for this setup. And they chose basically the same one that was in a uh, regular XP Turbo. Um, with their Fox suspension on it, that didn't have dynamics um, technology in, incorporated into it. So it's limited the, the the suspension a little bit, but I definitely want uh, people to be aware that you're not supposed to uh, change all of those um, spring rates and everything just because of the brain setup that's in there. So yeah. granted... That wouldn't necessarily keep me from buying a Dynamics Edition because I do think that tech, the technology as well as the fact that you get ride command and different features with that car, I think that builds up to be a great combination for a car, uh, for a stock racer. But at the same time, you know, if you want to play with your spring rates and stuff, then you need to go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And who knows if I was supposed to say it. But at the same time, Fox well, was open and telling me that too. So I think it's fine. Uh, I just want, uh, it'd be great for people to be aware of it before they actually go and change spring rates because I've already seen people change spring rates on this car. And I don't think they knew that they weren't supposed to do that. So I had one guy, uh, complain to me essentially that, you know, it didn't really change it much. Well, this is why it didn't change it much. So now it completely makes sense. And he didn't end up talking to Fox before he did this on one of his demo cars. So makes sense.
1: Yeah. So well, that's good to know. What else on the Polaris lineup? Uh, they did, they did a little bit of like cosmetic changes to the ATV line here and there, splash protection around your ankles and things like that. And they firmed up, what they they increased the strength of the axles, as I recall, and they they oh they made some changes to the power steering unit on the high-end, like the XP version, the 850 and the 1000, they fixed the power steering feedback. It was, and it was an issue. Having ridden it, it was an issue. It was a little squirrely, like too easy to turn. So they they adjusted that. They listened to customers, which is a great thing in a company and made some changes for this year. And I've been told that's fixed it. Other than that, I, I, I think that that, covers Polaris
0: it does but well, the only thing I was thinking of too is their. uh it's not all new but it is uh very much new is their Ranger XP 1000 oh
1: gosh yes totally so, that was I've got ai feel like it's Monday again I guess no nah, it's, um, okay. it's okay just so you guys know it is a Thursday but Boy. I've had several Monday moments today <laughs> it's all good that's why I'm here yeah that's right um can you can you walk us through the all-new XP one thousand Ranger version?
0: Yeah, so it's uh, in addition to some powertrain upgrades, it's got a, a better clutching and that kind of stuff, so that it can actually tow more. I think uh, believe yeah. the tow rating is now twenty five hundred pounds. Yeah,
1: twenty five hundred pounds. That is from insane. a side by side. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. insane. Right, and it's and from yeah from a it's not an elongated chassis or they didn't do anything. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. So it's really cool. That they ended up doing that, and, and like I said, they upgraded the powertrain slightly to be able to accommodate for that extra weight that it can hold. Uh, I'm I'm a total fan of the new styling that they that they like it, too. In it
1: It looks a lot like a Ford or a Dodge or a Chevrolet front end. Like it yes. has a it has a full size truck look to it.
0: Yep, and I I'm, I applaud them for it uh, for taking the leap because their Ranger lineup was such a great seller for so many years. I mean they. They they don't necessarily own the market, but they have a, a great uh, majority of the market for their utility side. Yeah, and so it's a big it's a big deal to change something you know that's worked for for definitely last three or four years for them to gain market share. So. Uh, good, good job, Polaris. I think uh, one of the most. <laughs> we want to co- give a shout Polaris. out to
1: Polaris on right. our show today,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, and so I think one of the biggest things for them too is definitely not only the exterior of that car and the feature that it can it can tow more, but also the interior of it is very much well laid out. Uh, we sat in it; and it's more comfortable, and it just it's got a more homey feel. It's got a ton of storage. Like if you can't fit everything in the front in the inside of this thing. <laughs> i mean good luck finding something else that can you know so i really enjoy that uh that aspect of the ranger for sure um it's still i'm sure we haven't driven it yet um so i can't say anything about the, the actual drive of it yet but i think all in all it's going to drive great it's probably still going to have a couple little ranger corks that we've come to know and love uh maybe not so much love but we've come to know <laughs> over the last couple of years so I'm excited for that. They specifically said
1: they firmed up the power steering on the Ranger as well. Thank God. Yeah. Holy (laughs) crap. I have (laughs) a
0: 2017 in the fleet here. Yep. And I feel like Josh and I were on an intro last year up in Montana, and man, we had a blast. But at the same time, holy smokes, one of the biggest things that we wanted players to change, we told them about it there, was the fact that they – like literally you could take a whole turn out of the Polaris Ranger steering, you know, because it was just, it, it almost felt like the fact of the matter was you, you could almost crash because it was so slow. Um, so anyways, really cool how they actually took some, you know, took notes yeah. uh, from everybody around the industry, not just us and uh, made it better for this year. So I'm excited to, to experience that for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah I'm looking forward to, hopefully that's another one of those that hopefully I'll, I'll I'm going to see if I can't get a demo unit of that particular one. Absolutely. Um, in fact, I'm going to try to get the one that has air conditioning and heat in it and an enclosed <sighs> cab just because I've never had one of those. And I, I'd like to see if it works as well as I think it's going
0: to work or not. <laughs> uh, I agree. And then you can bring it out here next summer when it's 120 <laughs> That's right. degrees. And then we can really, Dude, test, you re- really test that air conditioning on that thing.
1: Absolutely. As far as I'm aware, I, I can't. I think that that's the only one on the market that has air conditioning, but Can Am might. I, I can't remember if the Can Am uh, edition that has if it has heating and air conditioning or just
0: heating. So I was just at Haydays, and they might not be a stock in their XD cab model that they have for the Defender uh, stock uh, placement, but it is definitely an accessory because I sat in one that had uh, four vents and heating and air in it yeah so that was pretty cool that's that's crazy where we've come on the side by side Like oh, and, it, it really yeah. is and just sitting in the defender not not to plug it or anything but man just sitting in it with the cab and the air and everything their doors are so solid now i granted i haven't sat in a ranger with the full doors yeah. in a long time but at the same time holy smokes it is sealed really well it shuts really nicely and like i said you've got that heating and air and the windshield wiper and all that stuff so if you like if you're in in the Midwest or back East or something where you've got to plow all day and you've got to go from tractor to tractor and you want a vehicle that can do something like this, uh, these new utility lineups are just perfect for it. It's crazy. Yeah. They mm-hmm. sure have come a long way. Yes, absolutely. Some will
1: love it and some will not.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. It's you got to pay for it. That's There's no doubt about Oh, it. yeah.
1: Yeah. But, um, it's just kind of like the styling of any of these cars. Some people love it and some people don't. Right. Um, every episode, we want to just mention to you guys what we're currently working on because we, we always have a lot in the works, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it is, it is nuts how much stuff we do in the industry. Um, anyway, and enjoy it, of course. So, Casey, you want to just let everybody know right now, what are you working on
0: right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, right now I am actually uh, going to a couple different shows. But uh, at, this, at the moment, I am putting together some articles for the next issue of UTV Sports, including, uh, I think, four different event recaps, which is insane to me. Uh, but we've been traveling a ton. We've also got a uh, full-on trailer shop tour slash uh, build article that's going in.
1: That's really interesting. That's going to be a good read.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. It was a great time up at Interstate Trailers. Uh, They've been my friends forever, uh, and now we've finally been able to get up there to their Boise, Idaho plant. Uh, They've got almost 60 dealerships now all across the country if you want to go check them out at Trailers Plus. Um, And they just, they have an incredible brand. They, They really pay attention to their trailers and how they're built, and they have amazing quality control. I could not believe it when we were up there. So, I'm really excited for that, uh, and also we've got a really neat Yamaha feature going in next uh, next issue. Uh, one actually on the X4 Wolverine, and then another one on a race car, uh, YXE 1000R, that they turned into a race car, and it was just pristinely built by Penhall Fabrication. And for anybody that's been in the desert world for longer than uh, 10 years or so, you, you'll know Penhall Fabrication and Jerry over there builds incredibly clean and beautiful cars that uh, hold up to the the most incredible desert terrain. So really excited about that one. And I think that's about it. We're going to do our Ram 3500 review in the next issue. We're going to Camp Razor. Um, so we're, yeah, rocking and rolling. So what about <laughs> you, Mr. Mister Man? Well, I'm glad you
1: asked. <laughs> uh, uh, well, right now, we've just come off our September-October issue. And I'm working, I'm doing a lot on video. I'm working on multiple videos right now to get up on our ATV Escape YouTube channel, all of which are, are reviews in some form or fashion, but I've got a Honda Rubicon I've been working on, my high-end YXC SS uh, special edition review that I did, and we did some really interesting filming on it. It's, it's very, um, cinematically pleasing if I do say so myself like I just wanted I wanted to have a a high production value and do some cool stuff I'm a creative person and I enjoy that so working on that I've also got the Kodiak 450 EPS ATV review that I'm putting together video review so I'm doing a ton of like video stuff right now and it's wearing me out but again I I do enjoy it I mean Christmas is going to be here when we get into November November, December, talking about, you know, buyer's guides for Christmas. And I love the Christmas season myself. We'll take the classic Christmas photo with all the machines and maybe I'll jump in there this year. That'd be a great photo. Don't you think?
0: Love it. Yes. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Dress up the dogs.
1: That's right. Dress up the dogs and dress up the machines with Christmas lights. I mean, what more could you ask for Christmas? And uh, anyway, so specifically, that's what I'm working on right now. And we've got some other stuff happening in the next you know, three or four weeks. Rides were going on or new machines were getting to ride. So we'll have a lot of stuff probably by the next episode or certainly the next couple of episodes to talk about on some of this new stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, we really appreciate you guys listening. I know this. we have just jumped off big time into doing this podcast. We're not just going to talk about machines – or new machines and this, I mean, we've got a lot of different things we're going to cover. Definitely want to cover the adventure side, some adventures you guys can go on that we've been on and hopefully we'll get to go on in the future. Um, So we're really excited. Appreciate you guys listening. Take a moment to subscribe. However you get your podcasts, you'll be notified when we put them out. We're going to try to do one every couple of weeks, uh, but certainly on a regular basis. We appreciate you all listening and I guess we'll sign off.
0: Keep going with Throttle On, baby. Oh, oh,
1: and the shameless plugs. Uh, You can check out throttleonpodcast.com and we'll throw up some photos and some stuff that kind of links for you to to our other outlets talking about some of the reviews and the machines we've talked about in this episode. Maybe put up some goofy pictures of us. Who knows? Absolutely. And if you want to follow us like on Instagram, Cordero. Is Mr. Casey's handle and uh off-road Jarnold is mine because <laughs> somebody took the Jarnold on Instagram. It's very frustrating, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good for them for being clever. Right. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Perfect. Take care guys.